You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so costs you zero cents and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off tonight's Locked On Jets episode, I did want to tell you about another podcast that I think you should be tuning into every single day. You need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's episode, I thought I would take some time to talk about the uh, current semifinal series We have some closing thoughts from Montreal versus Vegas from last night, and then we have some thoughts from tonight's game between Tampa Bay and the New York Islanders. After that, I will talk about some of the major matchups today in the Euros 2020 competition. Obviously, a lot of folks are bandwagoning at least one of these national teams. There are quite a few good choices, but, you know, some of the matchups today kind of highlight why some of these teams are a lot more favored than others. But before we get on to the world of football, let's start with the world of hockey. Kicking off with uh, Vegas versus Montreal, which at first, you know, you thought Montreal might come out swinging, and I thought that their start was pretty good. I talked about it on last night's episode. I, f- I thought the first 10 or so minutes, Montreal looked pretty lively. They were attacking Vegas's slot aggressively. The Knights were actually pinned back for a bit, and it seemed like maybe, just maybe, Montreal might have a decent shot at creating some low-slot havoc and starting to get the uh, the proceedings going early. If you're aggressive against Vegas early, sometimes you can actually rack up a couple of quick goals. You know, as good as Marc-Andre Fleury is, he's still just one guy, and he's prone to mistakes just like anyone else's. You can occasionally grab a couple of quick goals against Vegas, which you kind of need to, because once they start to lock things down, it's very difficult to create against them. And even if you're getting really dangerous chances, the odds that you're actually going to beat Marc-Andre Fleury tend to be pretty low. He's been in Vesna form over the past couple of weeks, building off of an already tremendous regular season body of work. So, you know, Flurry, he's looking in prime form, and that makes an already really great Vegas squad even more dangerous. I did think, though, that despite Montreal's decent start, that it really wouldn't last, and eventually Vegas would start to take over the game, and that kind of ended up panning out. You know, Vegas is one of those teams where they just have that extra level of passing and distribution and patience that a lot of other teams really can't match. Some of their play styles and passing lanes and stuff that they exploit really create havoc for a team like Montreal. The Habs are not a squad that can really sit back and defend all that well. Montreal is best when they're being aggressive up the ice and creating pressure in the offensive zone or in the neutral zone, because once they get inside the defensive zone, things get messy really quickly. Vegas is one of those teams that takes advantage of more static defenses, and while Montreal isn't exactly a static team per se, they don't really defend and organize all that well because, let's be honest, you know, Montreal's back end is not that expedient. It's a little bit slower, it's not super fast or skilled, and occasionally it does get caught out. Ducharme is also still a bit of a work in progress. I think he's learned a lot over the past couple of months on the job, but certainly he has a long way to go. And let's face it, he's still a relatively novice NHL coach. 
He's learning what you can get away with at this level and finding out the strengths and weaknesses of this Habs roster, of which there are quite a few to contend with. Obviously, for the Habs, they're not really the kind of team that's going to compare favorably when you stack them against the way Vegas plays and their level of depth. I think that began to show itself very clearly as Vegas started hitting a lot of these really high-to-low diagonal plays and cutting apart, you know, Montreal's defense. Vegas can do a lot of really good crafty movement, especially down low, and the kind of movement and passing that tends to get Carey Price off his line. There were some plays at the end of the game yesterday where Vegas basically pulled Carey Price completely out of position, and there wasn't much Price could do. Montreal's defense really wasn't sealing and shutting down shooting lanes. Vegas had the passing lanes open. It's the sort of nifty play that we have come to expect from the Knights. I think Vegas is showcasing why they are probably one of the top teams contending for the Stanley Cup this year, if not the top team. They're like a very different, bizarro version of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, Tampa Bay tends to have, I would say, higher-end goal-scoring ability, but in many ways, Vegas is one of the few teams that I think, stylistically speaking, actually does have a few tactical similarities with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, Tampa definitely likes those high-to-low plays really quickly. They like point shots with really skilled, big, powerful D. You know, they don't really have the same kinds of players in Vegas, but, you know, guys like Shea Theodore... Especially on the power play, these guys can be super active, very skilled, and it gives Vegas a lot of back-end firepower. Guys like Theo provide a ton of mobility and shooting skill in a position that is traditionally thought to be maybe less involved in offensive creation, especially on the power play. But in Vegas's perspective, they're an equal contributor, and Theodore unlocks so many different abilities for this team. Shea actually had a goal in this game, and I think it showcases why his vision, especially from distance and up high when the goalie is screened, just makes him such a dangerous threat. He also had, a, I think, another really nifty pass that was an assist on, like, a stone goal or something. Theodore just does it all, and I think it showcases the kind of skill that Vegas has identified and really makes good use of. I'm impressed by how they've created so much from a lot of really good cross-sea movement, and it's given a lot of chaos for teams like Montreal that just don't have the horses to defend like that. So I imagine that this series is probably going to go very heavily in favor of Vegas. I know that Montreal, they're not going to get swept, I wouldn't say, but it's going to be tough for them to kind of break through this this Vegas defense and find a way to at least salvage a game or two. They're going to have to rely on Carey Price being nearly perfect, and I thought Price was actually pretty darn good. He made a couple of jaw-dropping saves, he did about as much as he could despite the, the Montreal defense not really giving him too many favors, and I don't think it's fair to expect him to do much more. You know, the, the Habs are just going to have to score a couple of dirty goals and hope for the best. That's kind of the series that this is going to be for them because, let's be honest, they're probably not going to be able to hang with Vegas for a full 60 minutes in most of these games. They can be competitive for stretches, and I think they can actually put a, a decent amount of pressure on Vegas, but for all three periods, probably not. It remains to be seen, though. I mean, anything can happen in the series, and it's only game one, so maybe this loss won't be that bad, but I kind of think towards the end of the game, you saw why inevitably Vegas is going to find a way through. They started torching Montreal, slowing defense and tiring, I guess, skaters as they were losing a little bit of focus, and Vegas just started racking the goals up. So, you know, game two is going to be really interesting. I'm not sure if Montreal is going to have an appropriate response to try and at least tie this series but I would expect Vegas to win game number two and take a 2-0 lead in the series. On a related note, we will talk about another ongoing series. Uh, this one is actually Tampa Bay versus the uh, New York Islanders. The Islanders took game one, but what exactly transpired in game number two? We'll explore that in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com needs to be the only place you buy your auto parts. 
When it comes to auto parts shopping, a lot of us are probably at least a little bit inexperienced. Even if we know what we're looking for, we might not know the best prices to pay. If you want to stop wasting time and money, go to rockauto.com right now. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing, so why shop anywhere else? rockauto.com never charges a membership fee, and all customers always pay the same prices no matter their level of experience or walk of life. When you place your order, be sure to write Lockdown in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Lockdown sent you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are uh, talking about the semifinals, and it's been a bit of an interesting run for the first start of these series. We've got, of course, Montreal Vegas. Vegas winning the opening game, but the series that has surprisingly been the more intriguing is um, Tampa Bay versus the New York Islanders, and I think this series, for a lot of reasons, for me, it, it feels a little bit closer than it probably should be. The Islanders are one of those very odd teams where you look at the talent on the roster and you think about how Barry Trotz has managed to get them this far, and it's like, do you think it could survive a seven-game series with Tampa Bay? Honestly, maybe. They've taken Game 1, and I, I know that in Game 1, Andre Vasilevsky had a couple of mishaps that, frankly, he doesn't usually make. But the Islanders in general, I thought, were defensively pretty resolute. And this is against a team that loves scoring for, for fun, basically, right? This this Tampa Bay team, they can run the score up very quickly. They're very good at creating tons of really dangerous chances in the slot. Their puck movement and power play are among the best in the world, and it's just really hard to shut them down. So doing anything to at least steal a game, especially on the road against Tampa, is something of an incredible feat. All that said, I kind of expected Tampa to come out in Game 2 swinging, and they sort of did. Like, the first start was very much Islanders heavy. New York looked very aggressive, they were forcing turnovers, winning puck battles along the walls, and they actually almost had a couple of very early goals. Thanks to Andre Vasilevsky, though, Tampa Bay ended up keeping a clean sheet to start the period and ended up scoring first. Tampa definitely had a run of very hot form. You could tell that they were looking for a goal. They were hungry for a bit of revenge. This was a series that has a lot of bad blood built up from last season, and you can kind of tell that these teams, they're not really on great terms with one another. Even after the goal, every single scrum was guys pulling at each other, grabbing each other, trying to punch each other. I mean, it was just a huge mess. And obviously, there were a couple of fights. And then things got really chaotic when Tampa actually conceded a goal that really shouldn't have happened because the Islanders kind of got a power play that really wasn't warranted. Adam Pellick shoved down somebody into the net, and it actually took out Semyon Varlamov for a brief bit. The push from behind, I forget if it was on like point or someone, but it was ruled goaltender interference somehow, which I don't really understand. That's not interference, that was technically a legal play to push the uh, Tampa Bay skater down, but it was also very dangerous, and it was a self-inflicted wound. It's certainly not the kind of play that should result in an Islanders power play. If anything, you would think that New York would actually get a penalty for a cross-check, even though the hit itself actually wasn't a penalty either. Somehow, though, the Islanders got a power play and ended up scoring thanks to Brock Nelson. Bit of a fortunate deflection off of Ryan McDonough, Nelson sees the rebound and scores. The tie lasted a bit, but eventually Tampa Bay just sort of took over, and you could tell that the Lightning were the better team, but 
It was a fairly close affair. I felt like the Islanders on counters actually looked pretty decent. There were some really strong moments, especially on the power play and, and certainly on even strength counters where maybe Tampa Bay wasn't as defensively organized as you'd expect. I felt like this series was going six or seven games, and I'm still sticking to that. I think it's going to be a very long series. Both teams are going to leave this series bloodied and bruised by a fair margin. One of the bigger worries for the Islanders is that Jean-Gabriel Paggio went out in the first period and didn't really return. Paggio is something of a workhorse for New York, and if he's injured for any reason, the series balance is going to tip quite a bit because Paggio... He's one of their most dangerous and effective creators, so if he's out for any reason, that's going to be a serious problem. They don't really have a replacement for him, and certainly in terms of Pajot's value to the team, he's been fairly instrumental in their success at almost all situations. So, yeah, Pajot, hopefully not out long term. I'm personally a huge fan of him. I think he's one of the most versatile players in the NHL. You know, when you talk about, like, baseball, and you have, like, a utility player, right? Paggio is, like, the super-juiced version of that, and I feel like he's been a perfect fit for how Trotz likes to deploy him, and certainly he's a pivotal cog in this team's offense. It's a lot worse for the Islanders than it would be for Tampa Bay to lose somebody like, say, Blake Coleman. Tampa, though, does have its own injury worries to be concerned with. In a scrum between Zajac and Anthony Sorelli, Sorelli went down, and Zajac, I think, actually threw a punch at him while he was laying down and Sorelli ended up going to the locker room and not returning, so that's not good. If Sorelli is injured for any particular reason, especially beyond this game, that actually will be a pretty significant loss for Tampa Bay. It's not one that they can't replace, but Sorelli in many ways is similar to Pajot in that he does just about everything well, so it's going to be a huge loss. I would imagine that Tampa Bay isn't going to sweat it too much. Their, their forward depth is still insane. But defensively, I do think that they will want to tighten it up. I don't think that they were all that impressive in trying to limit New York's chances, especially down low. I felt like the Isles were dangerous on many opportunities throughout the night. Vasilevsky had to make some really great A saves. So I don't know if you can really predict where the series is going to go. If Pajot is out, it might tip heavily against the Islanders. But for now, 6-7 to seven games seems pretty fair. It's likely to be a lot more closer than Montreal versus Vegas. I'd be curious to know who you think will emerge from these two series, so be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Maybe I'll talk about your predictions in a future episode. For now, though, we are going to transition from the world of ice hockey to the world of international football. Before then, though, here's why you should be logging into BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can stay up to date on all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline.ag is your one-stop shop for all things sports. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and take charge of your sports fandom. Join your favorite teams as they begin their deep playoff runs in their quest for glory. Win as they win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account. You can sign up on your computer or your mobile device, and when you register for a free account, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts from the Euro 2020 competition, of which a lot of you are definitely following along. I know I watch it, you know, on, on the side during the day because, hey, it's football. We all love it. And in many respects, there's quite a bit of crossover for football and hockey fans. You know, the passing, the build-up play, a lot of the concepts of scoring goals, 
there's quite a bit of crossover in ways that people aren't thinking about. Obviously, the size of the field of play and the speed of the game is quite a bit different for both sports, but hey, there is enough crossover to where maybe, you know, if you like one sport, you might enjoy the other. Whichever national team you're cheering for this year, though, it is clear that France is the front runner, and I think they put on a very good display against Germany today, basically stifling any of what Germany was trying to do. The German squad hasn't exactly been offensively strong over the past couple of years. I think everyone knows that under Yogi Löw, the team has kind of stagnated ever since the 2014 World Cup. 2018, you could tell that the team was definitely falling to pieces. The exit to South Korea was probably one of the biggest disappointments you could have given Germany, and I think that the past couple of years haven't really seen the situation improve. In today's match against France, I think you could tell that France was basically just waiting for Germany to do literally anything, and then France would immediately counter. I saw some folks saying that Germany was making some good build-up plays and runs and stuff, but... From my perspective, I saw France tactically sitting back and not really wasting a lot of energy, allowing Germany to try and do something to set up a play before busting it up with an elite defense and countering with Mbappe. The thing with France is that they don't really have to expend much energy to actually pull off something significantly incredible. You know, they have a very narrow defense. They lock down the field very well. I thought that their positioning and their trackback speed was excellent, and Germany just didn't really have much of an answer for it. And on the few opportunities that the Germans actually created, they ended up sending it over the bar or something. People will probably look at the expected goals for this game and think that France was thoroughly dominated, only producing a very scant third of a goal or so, but when you actually look at the chances that they created, some of them were offside, and by mere inches. So, you know, you're not really capturing it in expected goals because it is technically an illegal chance and that doesn't count, but if you actually think about the way that they were creating off the counter and how close they were to actually scoring on some of these chances, you can sort of tell that, yeah, France was probably the better team. They were very efficient, I felt like their counters were incredibly dangerous, and Germany had to race back and nearly poop itself trying to defend it. The only goal of the game was a Mats Hummel's own goal, but a couple of French goals were actually chalked off as well for offsides. The, uh, the own goal was kind of unfortunate, but it was one of those chaotic balls from a really good pass from Paul Pogba. He found Lucas Hernandez on the left flank bombing forward, and Hernandez, I think, ended up crossing it into the box. Uh, Kylian Mbappe was actually there for the tap-in, if in fact Hummels hadn't deflected it first. Either way, same result, a goal for France, and they ended up pulling through. But overall, just a really elite defensive performance from the French. And then the Portugal game I didn't watch a whole lot of, but that one was a lot more even. I felt like Portugal was actually in some degree of trouble. Hungary's counters, especially late in the game, were really dangerous, and I felt like Hungary actually had a decent chance of pulling off the upset before, you know, they scored a goal, then it was ruled offside, and then Portugal scored two quick goals and put the game quickly out of reach. So, you know, Portugal, a very interesting squad this year. They have uh, a number of very good midfielders, a great attack, and a very powerful counter when guys like Renato Sanchez are on the field. I don't think they can really compare to a team like France, but they have a pretty good starting 11, and they're certainly better than Spain. I think Spain is in a degree of trouble because Spain just doesn't have a real striker. In Spain's match yesterday, you know, Alvaro Morata wasn't really all that efficient, wasted a couple of really good chances, and Danny Olmo, while he is a fantastic attacking midfielder, cannot be your lead source of offense. Spain dominated possession, but like a lot of teams in the NHL, if you're not actually taking shots or scoring at dangerous areas, it's just not enough. Productive offensive possession is always the name of the game because you're not going to score and win otherwise. For now, it seems like the tournament really is France's to lose, but we'll see how England does as they continue to try and work uh, Harry Kane back into the fold. 
If England unbenches Jaden Sancho, watch out. That team could be absolutely disgusting. Be sure to tell me who you're rooting for and who you think might actually pull out the tournament win at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked In Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked In Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite media. As always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!